Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Trevor Lovell, one of the pastors here from our Near North location. And throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we've altered our use of this podcast. And instead, we'll be posting a short devotional every day. And so we hope you'll join us and we'll enjoy listening. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right, it's good to be with you all. Uh, looking forward to working our way through Holy Week together. So today, uh, we're continuing through these Holy Week episodes where each day we're looking at the entirety uh, of this week, the last week of Jesus's life through the lens of one of the people there and kind of exploring it through their perspective. And today, uh, we're gonna be doing that with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so I wanna start out this time by reading the, the passage that this devotional is anchored in right at the top. We're gonna read that together. Uh, and then we'll read the devotion. And then uh, we'll wrap up with some questions to reflect on. So that's where we're going. That's our roadmap for today. Uh, Passage, devotional, and then questions. So the passage is John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. And uh, I'll read that for us now. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Amen. And now the devotional on Mary, which is called a mother's love. Here it is. Honestly, it's hard even trying to consider Mary's perspective primarily because I'm not a mother nor even a woman. So to get inside of her head and see things from her perspective feels difficult, but not just because of those things, but also because, well, she's Mary. She's the mother of Jesus. In beginning to work on any piece, one of my first steps is always to pray, to pray for God's help in guiding my thoughts and study, to pray to Jesus that whatever the outcome is, it would be pleasing and honoring to him, to pray for things like that. With this piece, it was strange to begin writing those first few lines, addressing our Lord in prayer, only to realize I was talking to him about his own mother. And then the magnitude of writing such a piece came rushing in. People care about their mothers. They're protective of their mothers. They guard them because they love them. And while sure, Jesus loves all of us, there must be a special place in his heart for Mary, for his own mother. That same special place we all have for our own mothers. That I can understand, but her perspective towards him, towards Jesus, I find more difficult. Maybe the memories she cherished were, were similar to those of most mothers. The excitement she felt for her baby when she learned she was expecting, and at feeling his first kicks. The pain that came with carrying him for nine months, not to mention his birth, but then the joy at holding him for the first time holding his trembling little body tight against her chest and hearing his first pitiful cries. His first steps, his first words, the first time he rode a donkey, they didn't have bikes back then. So many memories she must have cherished as she watched him grow from a boy into a man and was proud of him. And also the memories she wished she never had, like the one of losing him as a boy, the first few moments of panic that only swelled larger and larger as she searched for her missing child, only to realize he wasn't there. He wasn't anywhere. They'd lost him in Jerusalem, the biggest city in all of Israel. 
and to have gone days crying, throwing fits of anger and grief, shaking while she prayed, hoping that he wasn't gone forever. And then the relief of coming to the city, rushing into the temple and seeing him standing there with his curly hair and dirty sandals, talking to the grown-ups like he was one, completely unfazed by the fact that he hadn't seen his family in days, the things children put their mothers through. I wonder how many of these memories passed through her mind that final week, that final day even, in the hours afterwards. She watched her son die. She saw him in agony on the cross, dying in front of a crowd that mocked him, that jeered at her son while soldiers gambled for his clothes. And she couldn't do anything. She couldn't help him. But Jesus, even while he hung there in pain, his love for his mother was evident. Because for every single breath he took, he had to struggle against the nails in his body, pushing against them to lift his chest high enough to breathe. And when he saw his mother below, in horror at the scene, he pushed against those nails, ripping the holes in his wrists and feet further apart just to lift himself up high enough to breathe so he could speak to her. And with what few words he could muster, he cared for her. This is what he said. Woman, behold your son. Speaking of John, the disciple. And then to John, he said, behold your mother. And then he died. He knew he wouldn't be there to care for her, so he made sure she was taken care of. And then he died. It's fascinating to note that even after Jesus rose from the grave, his body still had the wounds from the nails. And to this day, it still does, because he will wear on his body for the rest of eternity the marks that brought forth our life. And in the same way, Mary, his mother, may forever bear the marks on her body of the time when she carried the Son of God in her womb the marks that brought forth his life. I just want to highlight a couple of ideas for us from this. And the first has to do uh, really with the singular nature of Mary, which is just kind of fascinating to consider that, that in the scope of the entire Bible and really in all of history, how unique she is. And I wouldn't take that to the extent of venerating her, but, but it is interesting just to consider and I do, think, I do think there is a connection with her um, for us, though, that there is something that does make her situation and her perspective relatable for us, that there's something that we can draw from it. And I think it's that for a lot of us, there are things in our life that we do hold on to, right, that we're sometimes not willing to let go of. And for a lot of us, that's our loved ones. And for a lot of parents, specifically, it's children. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to entrust our kids into God's care and to just trust that he has them. And what's interesting in Mary's case is that we see that there too, that in releasing her son to follow God's plan for him, she had to release him to a painful death on a cross. And what that shows us is that, yes, we can trust God with our kids, but also that the plans he has for them, they're not absent of pain. They're not absent of suffering, that we can entrust our kids into God's care. And really, we need to. They're safer there than they are anywhere. And so we need to entrust our kids to God's care and our loved ones to God's care. But all the while, even recognizing that God's plan for them is going to involve suffering. It is going to involve pain for them. And I think that's hard for a lot of us. But what Mary's story shows us is that God doesn't bring his children through pain for nothing. 
Right? God doesn't bring us through suffering for nothing, but he always brings redemption out of it. He brings good things out of it. And so even when our loved ones are going through the worst of circumstances, we can trust that God is there and that he's doing something in it because he's the God who brings life out of death. And so I think the question for us to wrestle with today is, who do we need to entrust to God's care? Right? Who of your loved ones do you need to entrust to God's care? And let me just encourage you, when Mary entrusted her son to God's plan, yes, it led to pain and it led to suffering for him, which was suffering for her too. But out of that suffering, God brought about salvation for all of us. He brought about life and hope and healing for all of us. Otherwise, God would have never brought him through it. And so know this, that when God brings your loved ones through pain and through difficulty, it's because he wants to bring something good out of it. He's bringing something good out of it. And I think that's just something we need to be reminded of every now and again, especially in this season where it's not just uh, parents who are concerned about their kids. A lot of times we're concerned about, uh, you know, our parents and our grandparents, loved ones in all kinds of situations that we're concerned about with what we're going through. And so we need to be reminded of this reality, right? That the pain that we're going through, the pain that they're going through, it's not without cause. And one day we will rejoice in the things God has brought out of it. We've got to believe that. We have to believe that we serve a God who brings life out of death, even for those we love the most. And that's what we see in Mary's story. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional. So stay tuned.